Hello, hello, everybody. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Lunchtime Chats. I'll give everybody a moment to get on board. Uh, in the meantime, let me introduce myself. For those of you who are new, my name is Christina and I'm an acceleration expert. That is a consciousness acceleration expert. And we are here to talk about those topics and issues that are significant for us starseeds, way showers and new paradigm visionaries. We have abilities, we have capacities that are not necessarily embraced by our larger human family. And therefore we have a very unique perspective to the kinds of experiences we're having in this beautiful, amazing, crazy, chaotic, changing world. <laughs> and I am here to do to the best of my ability to provide a liberated perspective. And, uh, and hopefully I do that. So sometimes this is a conversation where people are commenting and I'm responding and we're, you know, I'm bringing up certain topics and other times I go off on a tangent and I just go, go, go. And I don't really, um, check in a lot in the combo. So, so it's kind of whatever the energy, whatever's happening with the energy is where I go. I'm going to have my headset on today again there. Um, I'm still here in Mexico, and this is high, high season. There's a lot of Europeans and um, foreigners here, and the traffic noise is a lot louder than it normally is. So I wanted to enjoy my patio and talk with you guys. So I have those this headphone on again. So um, dear sister Beverly, please let me know that the sound is coming through okay. Hello, hello, dear sister Tasha. Hello, Sherry. Hi, Carol. Good to see you. Hello, behind my eyes and storylines. Good to see you too, darling. Um, it's a blessing to have you here. So we have lots of things to be uh, talking about. Okay, thank you, Beverly. Um, I had a, so much went down in the past few days. <laughs> so much went down in the past few days. Uh, and it's funny because uh, on Monday I was thinking, was it Monday? No, 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 it was Tuesday. I was thinking, gosh, you know, I feel like I'm in the same place that things were the last time I did the chats. I don't know what really I have to talk about. And then in comes all these events, moments, thoughts, uh, questions, you know, came in and I started that, you know, then everything changed and the energy changed a lot, which when the energy changes, our perspective changes. So, um, so yeah, so there's lots of things to, I need to decide what to talk about. But uh, this first thing that I want to talk about, um, I primarily am talking about it because I told Dear Brother Starshine that I would. And this is in regards to that feeling we have when we feel outnumbered. And, and this is how, um, this is in regards to a post that was going on um, between us. And, uh, you know, a lot of people are waking up indeed. And, you know, those of us who've been on the waking up journey for quite some time now, we're in a very different place um, than a lot of folks who are just, you know, waking up like maybe 10 years ago, five years ago, two years ago. Okay. And uh, people only can wake up as fast as they can wake up. It takes time. It really depends on how much expectation and hangups one has um, about being right about their reality. You know, it's how attached we are to who we think we are or what we want things to be over what truly is. You know, so it's only going to go at the pace that it can go. And um, in this uh, particular brother's, uh, dear brother Starshine makes this comment about, um, so, so it's like, how are we going to get the 99% of the unbelieving people to understand we have all the power over the cabal if we would all stand together? Um, and he goes on to, and to say to crush evil. So I, under, I understand that in, in our conversations that um, I talk about, you know, good or bad, it doesn't matter. But, you know, I think a lot of people can relate to this, this idea that there's this evil force in the world that needs to be conquered. And maybe that evil force is simply ignorance, right? So I'm going to leave that that term evil open to be loosely interpreted, interpreted as what you see fit. And actually, I'm curious, comment. Put in the comments, guys, what is it that you consider 
evil? Is it the Luciferian consciousness? Is this the fallen um, archangels? Is it what, um, I know some of these are the same thing, the archons. Is it the just the evil that lives inside of the hearts of men and women? Is it ignorance? Is it greed? You know, is there a particular way that you resonate with defining the word evil? Um, right now, I'm resonating with the idea that evil are the kinds of things that go against life. Okay. All right. Then he goes on. To, let me finish the, <laughs> finish the question here. Um, yeah. So um, we, if we all um, just stand together, we can crush this and, on this planet. And when we, and when we can. All right. How can we possibly all stand together when we only can change one heart at a time? I would love to hear your reflections on this. So what do you guys think? I'd love to hear your reflections on this. Okay. Does it feel uh, this change, this, this turning of the worlds that we're going through? Does it feel like it's an insurmountable scenario? Are we truly underdogs here? Okay. Now, I gave a short response with to this answer or to this question. Um, you know, giving a short answer, but there's a, there's a lot longer of a response that I have. And that's why I'm bringing it into the chats. Cause I, cause I told them I would have a very much more long winded response that I am not going to type out. <laughs> but, um, but my short answer is reality is not what we think it is. Reality is not what we think it is. And I know it's really, really hard for us to accept that at the deeper, deeper levels, but it's true. You know, the dream masters that I've worked with many years ago in dream time and in person, they were able to demonstrate very, very clearly that reality is not what we think it is. It's for most of us until we reclaim who we are, as sovereign multidimensional beings in our bio suit, the reality we're living in is a consensus reality. We live in the reality that all these different beings agree are so. And that is the only thing holding our reality together. And when I'm talking about um, our reality, I'm talking about all these nesting dolls of forces that nestle inside of each other that create our here and now. And uh, this also includes time, how we perceive time, how we keep time, how time unfolds in organic reality. All right. Oh, thank you, Luna Rio. Okay, so I have a couple of responses here to my question. So uh, Luna Rio says, for me, it's about the parts that experience rejection, abandonment, hurt, and so are not able to integrate. Okay, remember that this is the response to what people perceive or resonate with the idea of what evil is. Okay, um, Tasha says, Phew, that's a loaded question, but anything siphoning our, uh, siphoning luge. Yes, yes. Okay, okay. Anything that's, that's living off life force energy. Okay, so uh, let me, I'm going to ask you to define that a little bit more, Tasha, because, you know, we have things like parasites. You know, I'm living in the jungle. There's parasites here. Are they evil or are they just doing what they're doing? Okay. Um, when we have uh, monkeys, you know, uh, pulling the monkeys and parrots pulling the fruits off of the trees and taking a single bite and tossing it onto the ground, you know, might be considered wasteful. But uh, are, 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 they, are they in there too? You know, they're just, they're not even taking, you know, they're not even appreciating every bit that that mango could offer. They're just taking a bite and tossing it. <laughs> uh, I'm curious. I, I, I'm not trying to challenge you. I just want you to re, to define it a little bit more because this is helpful for other people. It really is. It's helpful for other people to see what others in our community, in our peer group, in our like-mindedness um, have to say about these pieces. Ah, there we go. She goes on to elaborate the intention of manipulation to taking life force energy. Okay. Okay. Good. Thank you for clarifying that. Okay. So I'm back to life is life is not what we think it is. So the different masters I've been working with over all these years, you know, they taught 
in very unusual ways. And a lot of times it felt like it was unfair because it's like I'd get thrown into the situation, expected to figure it out. And then I would be kind of resentful that no one gave me any directions and I just had to figure it out, you know? And then, and then I had to, you know, get called out on why am I resentful? I'm getting exactly what I'm asking for, <laughs> you know, stuff like this. And, you know, what it is is that, you know, they would throw me into situations, throw me into different um, challenges so I can recognize my own ability, my own innate ability, just how much my instincts, not my thoughts, my instincts, my primal instincts, just how spot on my instincts were. Okay. And there were situations where I really had to rely on my instincts because my brain had no idea really what was going on. And that created fear. So I had to be able to trust my knee jerk reactions and instincts while in fear, which is exactly where they wanted me. So I can practice overriding the limbic brain. There's this, there's this capacity within the limbic brain that, 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 um, drives fear. Okay. So it's like I was, um, I was forced to bypass certain brain functions so I can actually follow my instincts. And this is many years ago. I often wonder if I would still pass those initiations today because I've, in my opinion, I think I've grown a little soft, <laughs> you know, I have a lot more, um, I have a lot more comfort in my life than I did back then. So, uh, but but here's but I'm getting to it. It takes me a minute. Uh, so over and over again, my instincts were taking me to places that my brain was telling me, hell no, this is this makes no sense, you know, and when you're in total chaos, it doesn't make sense to do things that make sense. <laughs> you know what I mean? So um, I got to I got to certain places inside of myself where I can talk myself into letting go of needing to make sense, letting go of the logic. So I can just like just go with my instincts. Right. And and this is why this this whole idea that reality is not what we think it is this is why across the board including immortals from from the east across the the board they refer to this reality as the dream of the mother okay this is the dream of the mother in quechua it's quite literally called pacha mama mother's realm okay not planet not plane okay <laughs> realm which is talking about it, which is referring to the reality that this is um, a nesting doll of frequencies that create a realm, create a domain. Okay. And when we are stepping beyond the ideas of who we think we are, then we are stepping beyond the concrete, concrete experience of our separation. Okay, our concrete experience of our separation. And this is some of the stuff that um, that also we work with in, in dream time, in the dream time healing project, because what we don't realize until we do, of course, is that we are all unfolding ourselves within the great dream of the mother. And not only are we unfolding ourselves as in our intent for existing is unfolding itself within the dream of the mother, um, there, there is a kind of existence within us on that level where we are not separate from each other. We are separated only by our intended unfoldment. But the actual experience of our unfoldment, the actual frequencies we experience, they are the same for all of us. Okay, and here's what I mean. We've all lost someone we've loved, yes? Whether it be a parent, grandparent, child, a pet, we all have experienced grief. Now, do you think grief is different for you than it is for me? We may deal with it differently, but the actual experience of loss, do you feel like that is different for you than it is for me? Is it different for us than it is for... Um, you know, the average Joe walking on the street, say, in, in Asia or in, or in Europe or in Russia or in South America, okay? Do you imagine grief is different for them than it is for you? 
Now, granted, how we handle grief, that's a different story. I'm talking about the actual frequency of the experience of grief. Okay. And I am proposing to you guys, it's the same. So when we are experiencing a frequency of experience, we are all having the same experience. So love. We've all been in love. <laughs> We're all fools in love. I think we can agree on that. Yes. <laughs> it is something that's a common, that's common across the board. How we experience love, what we do with it, how we relate to it changes, but the actual frequency of love is the same. Sorry, I'm kicking the, the, the chair my, my computer's on. Okay. So in this way, when, especially in the unseen realms and the dream realm, there is no difference. There's no difference. What's different is, is our vantage point, our ways of relating to that frequency. That is what's different. And the kinds of things that dictate, or I should say, um, influence how we experience things is our upbringing, our conditioning, our programs, our assumptions. Okay, this is what creates our relationship to these things. And so what I'm saying here is that separation, stepping outside of separation, we know that more than we realize. We think it's this lofty, lofty, lofty spiritual truth that's out here somewhere, somewhere because when I look in the mirror, I definitely feel like I'm me, <laughs> right? But no. And this is what we start to experience in our separation by being authentic with each other, by being honest and transparent with each other. We can see other people in their sadness. Other people will let us see them in their sadness. We can see people in their fear. People will let us see them in, in their fear. Okay. And when we are already committed to being truthful, honest, transparent, we will let people see us in this and they will instantly recognize themselves, not realizing the frequencies of these feelings of these experiences is what makes us one. Okay. So these nesting dolls are coming together and there's gazillions of nesting dolls, guys. It's not just nine dimensions of nesting dolls. Each, I mean, there's chunks, you know, let's say zones of um, similarities and structure Okay, so like, for example, sound, sound is a, is a particular uh, spectrum of frequency, light is a spectrum of frequency, shape is a shape is created by sound and light, you see what I mean? So if you, um, there's layers within these nesting dolls, and there's lots of them, especially when you get into the human realm, because the human realm has this overlay upon it that is designed, intended, whatever the word is you want to use, to facilitate us experiencing separation from self, from source. Okay? And there's lots and lots of nesting dolls with that. And it's a maze. It is a very intricate maze. Even in the afterlife, we are still in that maze. Until we're not. Okay. All right. Let me uh, chime in. Get, there's a couple chime-ins here. So, dear um, Miroslav, hey, dude, how you doing? Um, it says, my parasites that are in nature today. Oh, why parasites? I'm sorry. I, <laughs> why parasites that are in nature today just representing the parasites that are unseen? They create luge for the non-physical parasites. Okay, these are questions. Yes, yes, yes. That is a very interesting point. Okay, so now he actually is touching on right on that on the vein that I'm getting to, and that is what is happening within our world, our inner world, is what we're experiencing out here. Okay, so for example, using his example about the non-physical parasites, non-physical parasites feed off of energy we're leaking okay it feeds off energy we are not 
we are not claiming, we are not utilizing, it's energy that we're leaking. The kinds of things that cause us to leak energy, well, number one, inauthenticity, lying, saying yes when you mean no, um, placating, um, you know, uh, not being an honest, authentic with yourself and with other people. The reason why that leaks energy is because you have to deny parts of yourself. You have to make parts of yourself wrong. You have to block parts of yourself off. And that creates energy leaks, energy drains. Have you ever been with somebody who's really high maintenance? Now you cultivated that relationship. So you've made all kinds of silent agreements with them, perhaps that gives them permission to pull on your energy like that, but you're feeding them, you're letting them in some way. Okay. And the more you have that kind of personality that allows that to happen, the more energy you leak, the more unseen parasites develop. And then the more likely you're going to experience parasites in this, in this life, in this physical body, external or internal. Okay. So it's all an inside game. If you want to eradicate parasites from your body, you need to clean up your energy. You need to stop those energy leaks, reclaim your body, retake command of every function of this biosuit. Now that's a challenge because we have many generations before us that have gone through a lot of trauma and a lot of suffering over many thousands of years, depending on what kind of history you prescribe to, it can go back tens of thousands of years of patterning like this. Okay. And what this means is, is that there's deep seated, unrealized beliefs about it not being safe in the body. Our body can attack us. Our body cannot be trusted, you know, these kinds of things. So when we have deep, deep beliefs like that going on, we need to find them. We need to find them and face them so we can reclaim our body on deeper, deeper, deeper levels. Reclaim your lymph system, reclaim your waters, reclaim your emotional field, reclaim your mental field reclaim your visual spectrum. Um, a lot of people, oh my gosh, it's amazing. You reclaiming your occipital lobe. This is really good for gamers, by the way, the people who play a lot of video games, reclaim your, your occipital lobe, please. <laughs> because of all that, uh, um, light engagement, all that gaming engagement, and it just gets more and more high def as we go, um, advance in technology that is informing all that's, you know, it's informing you on a deep subconscious level and your brain is translating all those signals in that occipital lobe and it's informing how you perceive things. You guys ever look at a computer for a really long time? Maybe you have a project or something you're working on and then for many hours and then you go outside and things seem blurry. Okay. Yes. That's because your eyes are having to change the way they, they take in light energy, light, in, in, uh, in visuals, because you're trying to see what's on the screen, right? And these visuals are becoming, like I said, three dimensional, high def, holographic, and that is translating differently in our brain. And it impacts how we see our physiology, our physiology is changing to accommodate our need to make sense of all these pixels. But then when we go out into nature, things seem blurry. Okay. So reclaiming yourself, that your bio suit on all these levels is an essential practice. You're going to learn a lot about yourself. You're going to learn a lot about what part of you doesn't want to be claimed. What part of you doesn't believe it can be claimed. Okay. Claiming your heart. Another big one. Your heart is a major, major, um, uh, central portal within the bio suit. Everything within your biodynamic functions is, regulated, or regulated is not the right word, is paced by the rhythm of your heart. Okay. And this is, these are all things that we work with within the um, Light Body Essentials program, by the way. Um, this program is really designed to help tune people back into their bio suits and reclaim mastery, build a strong energy field, prepare yourself for dream time, and navigating these frequencies with sovereignty. So, um, a lot of the things that we do seem so, so simple, but when you make them a practice, you really change your life. You really change the way you engage in this world. All right, let's go on to say, uh, dear sister Tasha says, oh, she wants to add on to her previous definition. She says also the intention to block every sovereign being's inner gnosis. All right, now, for those of you who are just jumping on, this is her response to a question I posed earlier about what do you consider evil? Okay. 
<laughs> All right, dear brother Starshine says, I'm listening to you very carefully. The amount of existential questions that get triggered up to the surface is insane. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, um, luckily, you know, you just all we need to do is practice and do and all this stuff clicks eventually and it's like you've known it your whole entire life really um and and that's that's the interesting thing the state of our nervous system the state of our engagement in this bio suit has a lot to do with with how much we imbue this life how much we claim this life or don't claim this life okay and this is circling back around to dear brother starshine's question in the beginning of you know it feels insurmountable how can we get 99 percent of the population who doesn't believe in a lot of these unseen realities um get congruent and retake command of this reality okay and uh and this long-winded response is all about this is me um refining to you guys on ways you can relook at this reality so you can let go of what you think this reality is about because it's not what we think it is this chair is a construct of many consensus nesting dolls allowing it to be here if any of those or any sequence of those nesting dolls withdraw their consensus this chair would not be able to exist here okay this this plant would not be able to grow here there there's there's a lot about this reality that is as easy to shift as it's as malleable as dream time. And this was what their point was getting to. If we are malleable inside of ourselves, our reality becomes completely malleable. We think we're walking from, we're walking from one side of the house to the other. We think that's what we're doing because that's what we're trained to perceive what's happening. But really on another level, you are simply deciding to move through time and space and it's happening. Okay. It's like now it's possible to just decide to be somewhere else in time and space. Okay. Not moving, but just be somewhere else in time and space. And this is where you get people being in one place in one second and then another place in another second. Okay. This is what, this is what the masters are doing or when they're bilocating, they have a desire to be present in two locations that the, the true, I want to say innocent, authentic desire for that has no hindrances to it. The level of inner freedom is that great. So it just happens because they truly want that. Okay. And it's not something you just do for, for shits and giggles. It's not. It's something that true, innocent desire creates in this reality. Okay. Now, I'm not saying that I put that expectation on you guys. I'm just trying to explain this, this, this feeling that we have, this this helplessness, this hopelessness, all this stuff, this is all our experience from a conditioned reality and that we have other perspectives available to us so we do, do not need to be in the disempowerment program, okay? There's so many people experiencing disempowerment and energy is like a river flows. And when there's a strong inertia in a certain direction, it's very easy to get swept away in the current. So I understand that what I'm telling you isn't necessarily an easy practice. I'm just introducing this idea so you can shake up, shake up this, this experience so you can perhaps visit those moments where you recognize it as it's an option. This helplessness experience is an option. And it's all up to how we relate to it. The frequency itself, we all know, we all experience. We're all together in that experience. So when you're in the moment of experiencing hopelessness, now it's energy. Energy is outside time and space. So you, when you're resonating with hopelessness, you're resonating in a river of hopelessness that has been in action on this planet for thousands and thousands and thousands of years. You are now one with that frequency momentarily. Okay. Same thing with joy. When you visit the frequency of joy, you feel joy. You're having joy. You are now one with that frequency. And all of the joy in that river of joy of all the beings that have experienced that before you. So, um, so I'll add in, this is another layer of that, of the significance of ancestral work. Because your ancestors can carry you like a boat 
through these frequencies, your ancestors, when you are in right relationship with your ancestry, they are like a, a wonderful raft, magic carpet, if you will, that will help you navigate with freedom these rivers of frequencies. Okay. All right, um, dear brother Starshine goes on to say, how do we heal the wound that stops us from trusting our own self? What is the core fear from embodying our authentic truth? Yes, that's that's a golden question, isn't it? Well, I'm all I can say is that that is a lifelong journey. It takes time. Healing ancestry is a big deal because we are not experiencing our purpose yet. We're experiencing all the unresolved issues of our ancestry. And this is, this is why so many star seeds, so many um, light workers, healers, um, whatever that term is that, that resonates for you, recognize that they are here to heal their lineage. This is, they recognize this at a young age nowadays. And this is why they come to that is because there's something inside of them that's aware that they're not living their own life. They're living a um a perception of life inherited from their parents and grandparents so as you heal the generational trauma the generational addictions the you know as you bring liberation healing and and uh, forgiveness to these pieces held in the lineage you become more free and more available to live the the reason why you're truly here the true intent that your spirit has you um to unfold within this reality um i talked a lot about this in the chat it was at the chat before and the chat before that oh it was the chats right around the end of october i was talking a lot about ancestral healing and death rites uh, so um, this all weaves together. I know it's, you could, I can try to compartmentalize it and talk about it as just this chunk, but it's not like that. It, it all weaves together. It's all a, they're all movements of, an or, of a vast or, or, orchestral <laughs> piece. Okay. So, all right, hopefully I'm getting that point across that we are experiencing reality through a perception that's a result of our conditioning and programming of our ancestors and other nesting dolls, not the actual truth as reality is. Okay. So this idea that we're up against the cabal, this idea that we're up against the archons, that we're up against evil, we're up against this, up against that, that is, I want to say a long has a long line of ancestry passed down generation to generation to generation for tens of thousands of years that we are breaking out of right now. Okay. They are, we're breaking out of them right now. So it may seem insurmountable and at times that's the feeling, but that's not the, the full reality. That's just a moment in the journey that's a moment in the flow it's not how it is <laughs> okay and I'm not, I'm not saying that to dismiss feelings because it's very important we do not dismiss feelings we really need to make sure we acknowledge feelings that's important especially the ones that are difficult for us to reach so important to acknowledge those feelings what i'm saying is that that feeling is the result of a conditioned perception and it's a perception, which means that there is an option. So after you have the after you have the feeling and the energy moves through you, now you have the freedom, the capacity to see things in a different light. Okay. And it's coming from here, you see things from a different light, not your brain telling your body that it's different now. It's coming from deep inside of you. Ah, this is this is what truly shifts the perspective is that now you can allow something else to come out from within you. And that really feels like the truth. Ah, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Good. Yeah. It's all in flow. Thank you. That's great feedback. Okay. So 
going actually i'll keep going on that tangent so ancestors not the first time all this stuff right 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 so we did a workshop a few weeks ago on the beach oh, excuse me I'm, I'm shifting frequencies now hold on <laughs> and and the reason why i want to bring this forward because it's addressing some narratives that are out there in the disclosure movement and I, I guess I want to chime in on, on this for a few of you. Um, you know, this coming year is a pivotal year in as far as us advancing towards our next step as a collective, okay? We have milestones in our advancement. And, and we are, um, a lot of people, you know, technology is taking over control systems, all this stuff. This is true. This is all happening, but because that's the reality inside, right? As soon as you shift that reality inside, that reality changes. And some people have called this timeline jumping. Some people have called this um, navigating parallel realities, you know, whatever, whatever the, the jargon is that, that gives it, clicks it into an understandable thing for you, that's fine. It really... For me, it's a lot more fluid than that. But, uh, but what I want to talk about is this narrative about the ant people. Now, for those of you who don't have a background knowledge of the ant people, the indigenous, several indigenous lineages of the Americas talk about their people being saved by the ant people at a time of great, great catastrophe. And the catastrophe I believe that they're talking about is the great, cata, um, uh, um, the great flood event. Now, what's interesting about this is that when you go into the stories of the East and um, in other places, they talk about it being a great flood, the fall of Atlantis, a great flood. But in these indigenous stories, they, it's not all flood. They talk about a great ball of fire, a, a time of the great fire. Now, it could be that in the story they're talking about fire as a principle of transformation. But the gist was that the everything was burning. Everything was on fire and they needed a safe place to go because there wasn't um, the everything was in flux and there wasn't food. There were not, um, there was no place that was safe to, to be. And um, the ant people took them in. And the two references I have for this is the Ojibwe, um, the teachings of, um, uh, of Dear Brother Starshine, uh, Rainbow Eagle. Um, this was many years ago. And then um, another Dear Brother Starshine, Martine from the Hopi tribe. And, uh, and actually the Hopi, I have several resources or resources, <laughs> several sources of this mythology coming from the desert. Um, some in the form of story bowls, others in the form of, of teaching sharings and other things that uh, I was taught in dream time. So, so pretty much what the story is, is that they, um, they took in, gave the, uh, the tribes safe places to be and those places were underground and the life there was very different than how it is here and that these beings humans when they were living in the frequency with the ant people they were very happy and they lived for extraordinary long periods of time as in hundreds of years okay they talk about this and the ant people gave them refuge while the changes were taking place. And once it was time to come back to the surface, they um, gave the people the option. It's time they can go back to the surface or they can stay there with them. Okay. Now this, this uh, indigenous uh, recall does not necessarily talk about the timing like how many thousands of years or hundreds of years or whatever, whatever. And, uh, and I find that interesting that, that there's no particular timing mentioned, just that it was long ago. So why am I bringing this up now? 
I'm bringing this up now because there is a narrative that that at coming the time, if the time of the transition is that in the form of catastrophe, okay, there are beings that are going to come and save humanity. Some talk about these beings are going to come on ships. Others talk about beings that are going to come from inner earth. Okay. And others talk about, they're just, it's going to be like a great rapture. You're just going to be here one moment and not the next. Okay. And I'm sure there's other narratives in there. But those are the ones that are coming to my mind right now. Um, and the reason why I'm mentioning this is because um, with the Der Star Shines on the beach, we were exploring death rites and working with our ancestors and there was a, a particular starshine there that had very clear memories of being a giant. Um, and it's interesting because I've also had memories crop up while I'm staying here in these lands of being a giant. So it's, it's, I, I wonder if it's these lands that are resonating with a frequency that reminds us of those times, or if it, it's the frequency here that makes the veils thinner or something for us to have a recall. Okay. So I really haven't nailed that down yet, but but anyway, her whole life, I guess she's felt like a giant and she definitely feels like one here. And we, um, I gave them the task after our meditation to, you know, to talk with the ancestors and bring forward the ancestor that it's most advantageous for them to do death rites for. And wouldn't you know it, there's, there's Starshine that has that memory of giants came forward and... I'm pretty sure it was her. Uh-oh. Now I'm wondering if, I, if I'm if i mixing the stories up. Okay, well, I'll hear about it if I, if I did. <laughs> I do that sometimes because I remember the wisdom from the story, but the details of the, you know, the little details of the stories, I don't actually, uh, they don't know the way click. It's because I'm right-brained. I'm a very creative mind. Anyway, and it was death rites for an ant person that needed to happen. And a very interesting occurrence happened in that when we went to go do these death rites, we had a very clear understanding that these were happening simultaneously in this reality, on this, on this realm, but also in a realm underneath. Okay. And I could say inner earth, but I don't know if that's entirely accurate because I don't necessarily, um, I think there's multiple inner earths. <laughs> okay. So, but all I can say is that we were here in this realm and then there was a clear awareness that there was an underneath where they were doing these same rites. And <clears throat> um, now doing these things, we it's very common to go into a deep altered state. So, and when I'm in these altered states, I really don't remember a lot. And I remember a little bit things that are important. And one of the pieces to this altered state was that they were unwinding. Excuse me. They were unwinding AI um, ancient AI, not, not this time AI. I'm talking about ancient from millions and millions of years ago, AI constructs from uh, the energy centers particularly the brain. And it was fascinating, really, really fascinating how this whole unwinding happened. And it was unwinding, I want to say millions of years of inertia. And I'm bringing, and, and I'm bringing this forward. So we need to recognize that we want to be free again. We want sovereignty again. We want all these things. But in order for this to happen, our realities have to merge. So lower world, middle world, upper world come together and need to merge. Okay. But this means we need to have a much looser attachment, much looser idea of what reality is. So this merging can happen. And it's not going to happen if someone has to take you on a ship. 
It's not going to happen if someone needs to take you here or there, okay? Unless it's part of the happening, and then sure, right? If it, that's part of the happening, great. But, and actually, I feel like, now that I'm saying this out loud, I feel like that perception and the narrative that people are talking about, that is actually what they're putting words to, is that who they are as a star person or who they are as an inner earth being, both or not, that's what they're trying to describe is this reintegration back into wholeness with that. And that can be perceived as going onto a mothership, being taken into the underworld. Okay. It can be perceived this because as we know in dream time, it's very difficult to qualify the understanding in dream time in linear, in a linear sense, in linear terms. Okay. And these data sets that this particular narrative is trying to explain, I'm feeling like is, um, it's a major truncation because of the limitation of words and the limitation of our conditionings and our perceptions. But then as we get closer to this moment, these moments, it's going to become clearer, clearer, clearer. And this means, you know, facing our demons, so to speak. And what is that? It's like what you guys um, talked about here. I think it was uh, Luna Rio said, it's the parts that experience rejection, abandonment, hurt, and are able to integrate. So as these reality, as these realities merge, 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 we are going to be facing at an accelerated rate, even more so accelerated rate, these merging realities inside of ourselves. That means all the stuff that is attached to suffering, that is convinced that it's been abandoned, that is holding on to the pain of rejection, all of that. It's getting squeezed, 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 squeezed. You see what I mean? <laughs> and we are faced with that task of really letting that dissolve, release from our system so these other aspects of us can merge. Now, I have always had, and this is something that's been with me my entire life, I was always had a very strong affinity for Pachamama, for Mother Earth. And that in many, many ways caused confusion because I was friends with a lot of people who were like, you know, in ashrams, did, you know, guru this and, you know, were really into certain mystical traditions and all this stuff. And I never could resonate with it. I could feel the energy. I can feel truth within it, but I never could really step into it. You know, that wasn't something that truly felt right for me. But what always, always, always felt right for me was honoring the earth, honoring the sacred mother. And fast forward all these decades later, I realized that the uh, that's because I have such a strong resonance with the with the inner planes. Okay, with these inner planes. And yes, I have Pleiadian guides and Octorian guides. And, you know, I have interactions with all sorts of star elders and councils and stuff like this. And there's a lot of love and connection there, but there's something about the Pachamama herself that it just, it's not the same. Like when I'm, like I'm uh, connecting with the, uh, the Pleiadians, they were the first ones to bring their awareness into my, into my, or I'm saying I'm speaking backwards. Sorry. They were the first to bring themselves into my awareness. And it was like, it was like brothers and sisters. I never knew I had. It was like coming home in so many ways. It was really transformative. And then, you know, other star beings started to come after that, but they were the first. And still it's, it was, it's still not as, um, the words congruent as the Pachamama for me. I'm just saying, I'm saying for me, I'm not saying this is how it is for what it needs to be for everybody. No, 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 no. We are all our own snowflakes and we all resonate with certain things for a reason. And maybe you guys can feel what I'm talking about. Maybe you feel that one with this resonance that I'm talking about 
with with the Pachamama. This is where we are one. This is where we resonate. Other people that I meet have very strong star people connections. And I feel resonance with them. It's not the same, but I still feel it. And then I instantly feel at one with them. And it, it's different, but similar. Okay. So, and, and what I'm saying with this is that we can tell. We can tell when we're one with, with the frequency and there's other people in resonance with that frequency. We can tell. We don't have the words to describe it, but we can tell that it's there. Okay. So there's something that's different about the Pachamama frequencies and all these other frequencies. And I just know that it's there. I can't describe it, though I'm trying real hard here. <laughs> but it's just a knowing, a knowing that I have. And something that's always been with me. I never could, could explain it. And I've had a lot of pressure from, from different peer groups to conform into, you know, these different roles. And I never could. I never could. All right. So, so this piece about the ant people, you know, this message is important so we can recognize that the transition is upon us and focusing our lives to be working on us is not wasted. That's not wasting time at all because the merging is happening whether the powers that be want it or not. Okay, this merging is happening. So if you're starting to get strange communications from beings that you never really had a lot of love for, like maybe Archons are starting to talk with you. Maybe the LOM are starting to talk with you. Maybe different beings from the underworld are starting to talk to you. Just understand that they're coming forward for a reason. And it's up to us to alchemize, forgive, and bring healing to these pieces so we can resonate with these frequencies as appropriate so the last piece i want to talk about is when we become one with something there's something inside of us that is fearful of being lost in that okay and and what i need to speak to about that is that your spirit has an intent for you to be for itself to be unfolding in this reality there is a clear intent that has been spoken that is your soul song okay that is your intent for unfolding yourself in this reality okay there's no removing that nesting doll that is the main consensus nesting doll that is facilitating this experience for you okay so when you merge in resonance with something it's about experiencing unity oneness as an individuation so you can be both at the same time it's our training conditioning it's a lot of the lies in those in those uh, architects uh, you know the different architects of the the matrix that tell us we're going to lose ourselves but really if we are honest with ourselves and we know we want to be clear and present and 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 healed inside right we're not going we're not going to let go of ourselves we're going to let ourselves have the experience be with it be with it be with it be with it until it's complete and then we're on our merry way again. So these frequencies of oneness that we experience could be a little scary for our ego driver, but our spirit has us having the experience for a reason, a very significant reason. Okay. And I also think that sometimes this is where the whole hive mind narrative is coming from. They, they really want people to be afraid of unification afraid of the collective experience the, the fact is this is just how this consensus reality operates we're all in a consensus reality many many nesting dolls of you know lots and lots of beings participating in these nesting dolls of consensus 
Okay, we're all in this together. It's not me against all of them. It's not you against all of them. We are all in this together. We all want to see and observe with total fascination what happens with our intent. Okay? We're excited. There's parts of us that are excited to see what it is. How is this going to turn out? Then there's other parts of us that are outside time and space. We already know how it's going to come out. It's, but it, even then, it's still a blip in the flow of infinity. Okay? That's that nesting doll here. That doesn't make any of these other inner nesting dolls invalid. Not at all. It's, it's not a but. It's an and. It's this and this. Okay? This and this. And I'll close out with an example of what I mean. And this is a conversation I've had a few times. And I, I don't know. I think I frustrate people <laughs> sometimes. Because they it's like, you know, do you ever talk to somebody who really wants to blow your mind? And then it's like their thunder gets stolen or something. And it's just like they didn't, they didn't, um, yeah, they just came in in a way that they did and they it landed in a way they didn't expect and here it is so there's a dear brother starshine a couple of several dear brother starshines around here um one of them was with our academy for a while that really likes the resonates with the uh, flat earth theory okay and then we have others who are very convinced that we're a ball it's the heliocentric model we're a planet revolving uh or you know we're um we're spinning on an axis with the moon and we're traveling around the sun. That's a, what I'm calling the heliocentric reality. Now, I'm going to say this. <laughs> Given everything that I just said about reality not being what we think it is, okay, and this being a consensus reality, and you can imagine there's a lot of people that have a consensus that we're on flat earth and it's a prison planet and there's a lot of people that we are this circling ball you know orbiting around the sun also i mean entire um, scientific institutions are based on the science of astronomy and then you have astrology and then you have you know all thousands of years astrology goes back so you can imagine the momentum that particular consensus has but i'm going to come in with the indigenous thought form of the sacred dreamers and say that it's both and neither okay the reason why it's both and neither is because there is perception that is even older than those sciences. And that is from the indigenous masters that go back hundreds of thousands of years that have a perception of reality being as malleable as dream time. And we are in the realm of the sacred mother. And then just recently in history, which is, you know, if you go back, if you're using the measuring stick of hundreds of thousands of years, you can say the last, I'll be generous, 20,000 years, 30,000 years. Okay, I'll be really generous, 40,000 years. We've had the consensus developed by astrology. Okay, and that's the idea that the earth is the center of reality and everything's revolving around it. And then later on we have this consensus brought forward by the anunnaki teachings that the earth is flat okay now that's only in the past ten thousand years and then we have a next piece of consensus brought forward by modern science that we are actually in a solar system orbiting a sun with other planets okay that consensus is only several hundred years so what I'm saying here is, is that whatever the prevailing consensus is that you resonate, that is the model of reality you are experiencing. Okay, so, so it's not about who has the bigger truth here. I'm not talking about a pissant contest. No, 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 no. 
the measure I encourage you guys to use is what sets you free. Does the astronomical reality set you free? Go with it. Does the flat earth reality set you free? Go with it. You see what I'm saying? Does the astrology perception of reality set you free? Go with that. For me, because of my perceptions and how far back I can reach with my ancestry, both spiritual star and human, I resonate with the masters of dream time. And that sets me free. And that's why I stick with that. Okay, darlings. I hope this was helpful for you. And dear brother Starshine that posed that question, I hope my response is uh, satisfactory. I was able to explain it clearly. <laughs> All right, Starshines. I hope you guys make this week a great week. Ah, there you are. All right, good. I'm glad you're here, darling. Yes, yes. That's awesome. I'm really glad to hear it, love. All right, darling. So I hope you make it a great week. If there's anything that comes to your mind that it's really burning that you um, that we talk about it in these chats, I encourage you to get a hold of us. Um, we care at lightbodyacademy.com. And uh, you can just send us a message. And if it's something that I feel like I can talk about, like I actually do have something to offer, then then we'll talk about it here. And, uh, you know, I say that because I don't feel like I, I have that much anything valuable to contribute to to something. So, you know, I might mention it and pose a question to you guys, but, you know, <laughs> I don't necessarily feel like I have anything particularly helpful to add. Uh, but I do my best. So, so guys, love you. Thank you so much for being here, and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye, angels. <laughs>